In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's a verse in the book of Hebrews that I'm going to start with first of all today. It's in the middle of a section where uh, he's telling us to grow up, to grow up as Christians. He says we, we're stuck on our ABCs, we're still learning our ABCs, we need to move on from preschool and kindergarten, move into more uh, sophisticated things. Or Then he says, but you guys really aren't ready for it. Uh, he says, you're still drinking milk like babies and you need solid food. So that, that's the context, but here's now the verse. Hebrews 5.14, solid food is for the mature for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. The last part of that is why I wanted you, what I wanted you to hear. We as Christians need constant practice, he says. We need to grow up and learn how to do this. We need constant practice to distinguish good from evil. To be able to tell the difference between good... And I, I don't think we we realize that or we think about it that way okay telling the difference between good and evil according to hebrews is not simple it's actually quite hard it's something only mature christians can do and secondly it takes constant practice to do this to, to be able to tell the difference between good and evil so i mean have you i don't think i've thought about this very much i wonder have you thought about this very much or heard this before that it's actually hard to tell the difference between good and evil. I think we, we tend to think it's easy. Well, that's good, that's evil. Well, Hebrews is saying it's actually a skill you've got to develop. Okay, and I guess think about it this way. If it was so easy to tell the difference between good and evil, don't you think there'd be less evil in the world? Probably. I think people would be able to tell the difference more often. But it's not. It's a skill. And Christians, he says, need to develop this skill through God's Word and the Holy Spirit, so we can tell what's good, what's bad. What's good, what's bad. Okay, so hopefully that makes sense. And then um, I can tell you that's exactly what James is trying to teach us in uh, chapter 1 of his letter. Uh, that's where we're going to spend our time today. We had verse 16 to 21 read to us, but we're also going to back up just a little bit to see uh, the full teaching. In James chapter 1, he starts with the evil side and basically he says, if you're being tempted to do something bad, then don't blame that on God. It's not from God. Evil does not come from God. I, I put the verse on your sermon insert. It's James 1.13. He says, let no one say when he's tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God can't be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one. So if you're if there is evil, or you're being tempted to evil, you cannot say, that's God doing that. Because God doesn't do that. Okay? So that's part one. Evil does not come from God, ever. It comes from us, it comes from Satan, it comes from the world. Part two, then, of the lesson is, where does all good come from? And that's what James answers. You've heard it now several times. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So that's part two. All evil comes from us, from Satan, from the world. Part two, all good comes from God. Okay? It sounds fairly easy, doesn't it? Like, oh yeah, I, can, I get that, I understand that. But in practice, 
It takes a lot of skill to distinguish those. It takes maturity. It takes the Word of God. It takes the Holy Spirit. Okay, now, why does any of this matter? Well, because you and I, we have got to see, above everything else, we've got to see that God is not bad. I mean, think of how bad our theology is going to be if we start blaming all the bad on God. God is not bad. He is good, always. Okay? That's why this matters. God isn't evil, nor can he be tempted by evil. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, one way you could say it, God is not Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. One day he's evil, one day he's good. Okay, God is not that. He can never be that. Uh, what's the image James uses? He says he's the father of lights, but he's not like the lights in the heavens, the sun, moon, and stars. Those are always variating, moving, changing, right? But uh, no, that's not God. He's the same. He's, he's not cold one day, blazing hot the next, right? He's always a perfect 70 degrees, always good, okay? That's why this matters. It really, truly matters. And I don't know if I'll get that across very well, but we have got to take this to heart that God is always good. Now, what, when we haven't matured as a Christian, we often make this mistake of blaming evil on God. What We have a word for that today. We call it playing the victim. That's what we like to do. Play the victim. Right? We're the victims. God is the bully. Oh, why did God do this to me? Why does God keep being so mean to me? Woe is me. See, you see what we did? That's what a baby does. Everything's everybody else's fault. Especially God's fault. Okay? But sin and evil don't come from God. They come from us. They come from the devil. So let me give you a good example of this. A faithful example of this. In the Bible, Joseph, one of the most famous examples of this. Joseph, you, you remember, a lot of evil happened to him. He's sold by his brothers into slavery. He, uh, he's in prison in Egypt and, you know, interprets this dream for the cupbearer who's supposed to go tell Pharaoh about him and forgets him. Potiphar's wife, you know, seduces him, gets him in all this trouble. So Joseph could have blamed all of that on God. He could have said, as he's sitting in prison... God must be evil. God is bad. God did all this to me. Why did he let all this happen? But he didn't. He did not do that. At least from what is recorded. He may have had times he did that. But no. Joseph was able to see where the evil was really coming from. From his own heart. From Satan. From his brother's hearts. From the world. And he saw that all, through every bit of it, God never changed. God was always good. So we get this beautiful line from him at the very end, after it's all been said and done, he's talking to his brothers, he could have gotten very angry at them and blamed it all on them, but instead he says, as for you guys, you meant evil against me, but not God. God meant it for good. You see what he did there? He, he was a mature Christian who could distinguish evil from good. God wasn't evil. God was good. The evil was everywhere else, including in his own heart. God is good. Sometimes in the New Testament, if you're looking for this, you'll see it quite, quite a few places. Sometimes in the New Testament, they will simply give, you, simply give you a list of evil things and then a list of good things. And it's basically like, okay, Christians, 
make sure you see the, what the evil stuff is and see what the good stuff is. So an example would be Galatians 5. Paul says, now, the works of the flesh, the works of evil, are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, things like these. So you see, all of those evil things, that's us. That's the devil. That's not God. But, he says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So let, let's, let me put it as, as practical as I can. When you're walking around, you're walking around in this world every day and you're seeing all kinds of evil everywhere. You're seeing people in pain, people suffering. You're seeing lies being told, deception, jealousy, hatred, abuse, nobody fearing or loving God. Understand where that's all coming from. Be a mature Christian. Don't blame that all on God. That's us. That's the devil. That's the world. Put the blame where it belongs. Call evil what it truly is. And don't say, well, God made us all this way and then proceed to defile yourself. No. Accept the blame. You're the sinner. I'm the sinner. These are the sorrows of this world. But then, as you're also walking around in the world every day and you're also seeing all this good everywhere, don't be deceived, brothers and sisters. Everything good comes from God, from the Father of lights. Everything good. So your body and your soul, your eyes, your ears, all your members, as Luther says, your brain, your senses, your family, your friends, your clothing, your house, your food, your light, your electricity, laughter, marriage, work. See the difference. See the evil See the goodness of God. Okay, can you see that good all around you? It takes practice, constant practice, as we heard from me, Hebrews, to see the good of God. And then James, of course, as all the apostles would do, he takes us to the greatest good, the goods that are so far above everything else. He says, quote, Of the Father's own will, he brought us forth, gave birth to us, by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. This is the greatest good. What did God do with all the evil and sin in the world? He took it upon himself. See, this is the remarkable thing. Uh, we would like to blame the evil on God, which is unfair and wrong and evil, but God said, okay, I'll bear the blame. And he his son Jesus took all the sin and guilt and shame and died for it on the cross. That's how good God is. Even when we want to blame it on him, he takes the guilt and shame and saves us. And he continues to give good gifts to you. He's not evil. He is good toward you. He's forgiving, gracious, merciful. He makes you his own dear child. He gives you the body and blood of Jesus. Gives you the Holy Spirit to produce good in you works love and joy and peace and kindness in you. All of this is from God, okay? Don't forget it. God, God is not one day out to get you, one day your best friend. He is always, always good, okay? Well, then James, he proceeds to put this into practice for us a little bit, gives us some practical examples of this. I, I just want to read it to you again. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. 
For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness that God requires. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. It's a really interesting word there that uh, he uses to put away. It's like you would use that word for like taking off your clothes. Uh, put, put your clothes away, or you can even like locking something up, putting it away in a closet, kind of an idea. So put away all the evil that comes from us and from the world and from the devil. Put away anger, lust, greed, jealousy, okay? And in humility, receive better things, good things from God. So I want to close to give you one more example of this. Kind of a cool example is the prophet Jonah. Jonah, uh, just hopefully you kind of remember, Jonah was told to go preach to Nineveh. He didn't want to go, so God, so he gets swallowed up by a fish and so forth. Well, after that's all done, um, Jonah, Nineveh has repented, and Jonah should be happy, but he's not. He's angry. He's angry at God, basically saying, God, how could you let the evil Ninevites get away with this? Okay, so he's all angry about it, blames everything on God, and he's sitting... I just, you got to read, it's really quite humorous. He's sitting under a, he's made a little tent to shade himself from the sun, and God makes this plant grow up to give him shade, and, and he's all happy about the shade of this plant, and then God takes it away from him. And Jonah, twice, God asks him this question, Jonah, do you do well to be angry? And Jonah, he says, I mean, so hilarious. He says, yes, God, I do well to be angry. Angry enough to die, he says. In other words, God, this is all your fault. Jonah was not a mature Christian at this point. He was having a hard time distinguishing between evil and good, but God lovingly lets Jonah know, actually, you're quite wrong to be angry, Jonah, because God is always good. You and I, we can simply ask ourselves this question, do I do well to be angry? This is part of distinguishing good and evil. It's what mature Christians do. Do I do well to be angry? No, I don't. Do I do well to blame God for evil? No, I do well to listen to Him, to put away the evil, to be quick to hear and slow to speak, to trust Him, to know that He is always always good. Finally, we prayed this, but I don't know if you put all all of it together. We prayed in this collect that among the many changes of this world, among all the, remember I talked about the the lights in in the heavens, all the variation, turning, shadowing, among all the changes of this world, may our hearts be fixed where true joys are found. May our hearts be fixed on God, who is always good. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.